Joseph Mengele, Harold Shipman, Walter Freeman are some of the names of murderous doctors that you have likely heard of. But I can imagine that most people have never heard the name Shiro Ishii, a Surgeon General of the Imperial Japanese Army. He served as the director of the infamous Unit 731, a biological weapons research facility located in Manchuria, China. In 1936, under the orders of Emperor Hirohito, Unit 731 was formed under the rather pleasant sounding name, the Epidemic Prevention and Water Purification Department of the Kwantung Army. Whilst many other units were formed with similar goals, we shall today focus only on Unit 731. The unit was formed in response to the Western powers developing their own chemical and biological weapons. Being aware of the success of chlorine gas used in World War I, Shiro Ishii lobbied his superiors for his own research center. Shiro Ishii was a specialist microbiologist and he served the Imperial Japanese Army from 1921 up until 1945. There is no doubt that he was a gifted individual who developed an incredibly effective water purification system. However, his true interest and drive was the creation of biological and bacteriological weapons for the Imperial Japanese Army. From 1931, the Imperial Japanese Army occupied large swathes of China as part of their expansion. Treatment for those under Japanese control is a story for another day. But suffice to say, Japanese-controlled Manchuria was the perfect place for human testing to be carried out. The reason why research carried out by Unit 731 remains in infamy is due to the test subjects. The main victims were Chinese and Russian prisoners, although there are reports of the occasional prisoner of war from Korea, Britain, United States and Mongolia. A wide array of victims were gathered up. There were men, women and children, and even pregnant women too, the old and the infirm all to produce accurate and buried results of various diseases. Anthrax, bubonic plague, smallpox, and many others were cultivated. It was vital that the use of anaesthetics and painkillers was kept to an absolute minimum. This was to ensure a proper record to the limits of human suffering and the effects of the horrendous injuries that were inflicted. In summary, there were two key aims of Unit 731 to create and understand the effect of biological and chemical weapons, as well as conventional weapons too, and to understand the various injuries an Imperial Japanese soldier could expect to suffer and how best to treat the injury. In order to ensure Japanese victory, a wide range of experiments were carried out. One such example was the effect of severe cold. A specialized freezer was set up to reach temperatures of minus 45 degrees Celsius. Limbs were exposed to below freezing temperatures so that the doctors could examine the effect of frostbite. Prisoners would be left tied to a stake in the winter cold to allow limbs to naturally succumb to frostbite. Guards would speed up the process by throwing water over the test subjects. The ever-efficient guards had ways to test whether a prisoner was ready they would strike the affected limbs with a wooden stick, and if a wood-on-wood -wood sound was heard, the inmate was ready for the next stage. Once the doctors had their subjects, 
various methods of curing the frostbite would be employed. Boiling water would be applied to the frozen limbs, and some prisoners would be left to thaw out naturally. Vivisection, that is surgery on a living human specimen for scientific research, was commonplace at Unit 731. Trainee surgeons were sent from the Japanese mainland to practice their craft on unwilling patients. Limbs would be removed and reattached on the opposite side. Bullets would be fired into prisoners to allow combat medics experience in treating bullet wounds. Stomachs, appendices and lungs would be removed, either to see how the patient would cope without them or to allow a junior doctor to practice. Various experiments would be carried out on a single inmate and once they had served their purpose and they were deemed no longer useful, they would be killed and disposed of. Testimonies are rather rare, but one student surgeon who performed such operations recalls opening up one inmate from chest to stomach. The tortured scream of the inmate haunted the young surgeon, but to the doctors who worked regularly at Unit 731, it was just another day. After all, the doctors that worked at Unit 731 did not consider their predominantly Chinese victims as human. In fact, the common phrase that was used to describe the prisoners was logs. As in, how many logs have you chopped today? How many logs have you burnt to ash today? Some of the cruder experiments carried out at the facility involved more conventional weapons. The effective ranges of grenades were tested on prisoners that were tied to stakes. They also tested how much damage could be caused by a flamethrower up close and far away. These prisoners too were tied to stakes. It is also well documented that the Imperial Japanese Army soldiers used prisoners as bayonet practice. One of the course of experiments that were carried out in Unit 731 was into venereal diseases such as syphilis. Prisoners were forced to have sex with one another to spread the various diseases. Those prisoners who refused were shot. The goal was to track the stages of the disease as to better understand it and to formulate treatments. Inmates would be taken at various stages of the disease with a vivisection carried out. Women were forcibly impregnated to understand the effects that the disease would have on unborn fetuses. These experiments were not just limited to the walls of its horrific operating rooms, but spread to nearby Chinese villages. One of the primary roles of the facility was the production of viable chemical and biological weapons. There was great effort placed in infecting fleas with the bubonic plague, smallpox and cholera, and then dropping contaminated wheat, clothes or sand onto Chinese villages. Later on, ceramic bombs were devised and tested. The goal was to develop a way to deliver pathogens to both enemy forces and to the civilian populations in California. The death toll for various plagues unleashed on the Chinese population is around quarter of a million. Following the Japanese surrender, the doctors at Unit 731 still had one last act of defiance. Millions of the infected fleas that were contaminated with the bubonic plague were released into the Chinese countryside. It is estimated that 30,000 people died as a result of this final act of murder. The remaining 150 prisoners were executed and the buildings razed.
Most of the records were expunged as the doctors went into hiding, fearing repercussions for their war crimes. Shiro Ishii ordered that all of those who were involved take the secrets of their work at Unit 731 to their grave. But this was not the end of Shiro Ishii and the doctors of Unit 731. After attempting to fake his own death, the Americans discovered he was still alive and ordered that the Japanese hand him over for interrogation. Both the Americans and the Soviets wanted Ishii and his results, expertise and knowledge. Out of the two, the Americans would have been, shall we say, less extreme in obtaining what they wanted than the Soviets. Ishii managed to negotiate a pardon deal for himself and the leading doctors of Unit 731. In exchange for the full immunity, as well as cash payments, Ishii handed over his 14 years of research and was released a free man and a war hero. After all, he was awarded the Order of the Golden Kite, Japan's second highest military commendation. Those in command of Unit 731 largely escaped justice. Shiro Ishii died of throat cancer aged 67. His second in command, Masashi Kaneto, went on to found the Green Cross Corporation, a leading pharmaceutical company, and he died aged 91. Hisato Yoshimura, the head of the Frostbite Research at Unit 731, held many high-ranking positions, such as President of Medicine at Kyoto University, and he was awarded the Order of the Rising Sun 3rd Class. He died aged 83. Only 12 members of the Imperial Japanese Army faced trial for the production of biological weapons, and six of those people were part of Unit 731. The Soviet Union conducted trials in 1949. These trials were largely dismissed by the Western powers as communist propaganda. The Soviets were known for their show trials. However, some historians accept that the confessions made by the doctors were based on facts rather than the wishes of their communist captors. These trials were a particular embarrassment for the Japanese emperor, who was directly tied to the orders to create the biological weapons program. We will probably never know the full extent of the depravity of Unit 731, with so many records destroyed and no survivors of the horrors. All we have are the testimonials from the few guards that came forward, and the visitors that witnessed the untold horror of their fellow man, woman and child. Shiro Ishii's research was no doubt useful, and the question is whether he and his cabal of unscrupulous doctors ought to have evaded justice in exchange for his research. It would seem to have been an easy enough question to answer for the perhaps equally unscrupulous dealmakers. Perhaps you may have acted differently. <laughs>